In the previous episode, we talked about the first two of six ways to improve your sex life. This is the Family Life New Zealand podcast, where we share encouraging, uplifting, and real conversations that equip you to develop your relationship skills. Because we know when people develop effective relationship skills, their relationships flourish. This is part two of our discussion on sex in marriage. So if you missed part one, I would encourage you to pause this and go and listen to that episode first. We hope you enjoy our discussion. And number three, give each other time prioritize this area. Yeah, I mean, that goes without saying, but if you're not going to make it a priority, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> it's like anything. If you if you don't, I mean, for me, I had to, yeah, put it in the diary. I had to remind myself. I had to use my Which mind. sounds very no. unromantic. I was going to say, <laughs> in as, my diary. as you say that, Nikki, uh, talk to maybe some of our listeners today who would say, oh, but, you know, it needs to be this romantic thing and it needs to be spontaneous. Mm. If I just put it in my diary, it would just take all the but romance you know out of it. Yeah. Talk to those people. Totally. What would you say to them? I would say to them that for me anyway, and I think a lot of women are the same, in that we actually have to get our mind, our brain into sexual gear. It's not, we're different to a man. We generally, we're not instantly aroused. It takes time. And so this is where planning isn't unromantic. You know, if we, if I put in my diary that I'm going to have an intimate evening with Andy, then I'm kind of getting my, my body and my mind in the same place to create that. So I'm not just getting my body ready. I'm also anticipating that. And anticipation is part of foreplay. Yeah. I mean, and so I can, I can be working on myself before I even engage in that with Andy later. And so I think it's important to be able to um, prepare yourself and as and, that, and that's not unromantic. It's and not. No, yeah. I mean spontaneity. Of course, you want that. It, it's you want a variety, and we'll we'll come to that later. But I just want to tell people, especially women, I think that planning is not unromantic. I mean, it is if you say every Friday night at seven o'clock we're gonna. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking about yeah. that, but I'm just I'm just talking about preparation. Well, that could work for some. <laughs> well, it could. <laughs> Good. Let's just not throw it out. But well, yeah. the, here's, here's another thing. As you were saying that, Nikki, preparing your mind is important. And I'm going to share quite vulnerable here right now, but I feel fortunate that this really hasn't been an area that we've we've struggled in. I think um, I've had a number of conversations with friends and then hear that they're actually struggling in this area. So, you know, for us, we've never been extremely proactive about doing something in this area because it's been one of the areas. We've, we've, we have other areas that we really struggle in mm. that takes a lot of work. But I think because we've also worked on those areas in the relationship, our physical intimacy is usually a natural outflow. That's mm. just us personally, mm. right? But one thing that I noticed only recently, because we wouldn't schedule something and we wouldn't, you know, we'd have certain signs or things that, okay, this is leading towards, um, mm. you know, a romantic evening or maybe not a romantic evening, but just as we're going to bed in the evening, um, you know, this is leading towards something. The expectation is, are we going straight to bed? We're going to sleep, we're exhausted or no, you know, we'll we'll have some connection time. Mm. Um, but one thing that I've realized lately is sometimes I would initiate and I'd get everything ready. And in the in the past, it what I would do there would actually lead up and create that expectation. Mm. <laughs> but recently, and uh, I'm sure my wife wouldn't mind me putting her on the spot here, <laughs> but, um, you know, she's uh, gotten into the habit of, you know, with the recent elections, really following the politics. Mm-hmm. And that means you're on your device. Mm. And so one moment you might be, you know, your husband's setting the stage and, you know, 
creating a bit of an atmosphere in the room. But the next moment, you just have a quick look on your phone and your mind is right back there. Mm -hmm. So you break that whole cycle. And then, you know, there's actually been more than one evening like that where typically we would connect and we'd have a wonderful, you know, um, uh, connection time physically. Mm. But because there's the phone that distracts us, once that distraction was there, you never get your mind back. Mm. It's a lot of work to get your mind back there. And then it's just too much work and you're tired and you just go to bed. Mm. So I think in the age we live, the, this whole thing about, and I've had heard many couples uh, create some boundaries for themselves in terms of not having their phones in the room mm. or not using their cell phone while they're on the bed at all. So they would use it elsewhere or if they, if they want to do something on the cell phone, they'd actually get off the bed and go stand somewhere and send that message. But just creating that association with your bed, that this is not a place where I lie and text and uh, check my Facebook. This is actually our sacred place in right. terms of the bed where we connect, where we rest mm-hmm. and we also connect. And not only will that improve your sex life, that also improves the way you sleep because a lot of people struggle to sleep, but it's because of that association they've created with the bed. So. I guess the, a long route to just say, like you said, Nikki, prioritizing this area and preparing your mind is so important because that will have an impact on your experience. Mm. And another word I want to use around prioritizing is um, is the word regular. Now, what does regular <laughs> mean to you? Yeah, so there you go. That's a question. That's a conversation for you to have. You know, what does regular mean? But it's like anything. If you want to make something a priority, you're generally doing it regularly. Yeah, so three times. <laughs> Whatever it is. Is that a month? Is that three times well, a week? A that's year? That's the funny thing. A day? Because I was talking to a young couple who I was doing pre-marriage for. And generally when you talk about regular, people have got different ideas. Mm-hmm. And I was so excited this one particular time with this couple because they both had the same number as what they thought was regular until I discovered that one was talking weekly and one was talking monthly. Well, there you go. So, <laughs> we've, we've done that too. So, I mean, it, it, but it's important to say, okay, what is what is regular? And I've had a lot of couples say, in fact, just last week I was doing a, a marriage mentoring with a couple and they actually said to me, do you mind telling us what's the norm And I'm like, look, I just want to take that off the table and you guys have a conversation around what you feel is would be normal for you. What would you feel that is regular? What's fulfilling both of your needs? That's right, because we don't want to be getting our national average from Women's Weekly or Guinness Book of Records. Yeah, one person's (laughs) going to be looking at the Guinness Book of Wood Records and that's just not going to work. So, yeah, we do need to work it out for ourselves. But one thing in this whole area of taking time and regular and one thing that we do encourage all of our attendees at all of our events that we do, we can remember day together, is we really encourage couples to have uh, a date night, whatever mm-hmm. you call it. It's something we do before we get married, but again, that's one of those things that can easily, we, we just forget. We don't pursue, we don't continue to pursue one another. We think, well, I've won them over now, you know, we've got a ring on our finger, uh, we can just do what we want. But a Canadian counsellor, John Burns, who's counselled thousands of couples over the years, he said this, I've never met with anybody seeking a divorce who has a regular date night. So I'm thinking, wow, there's got to be something in that. And so we, we've we picked this up ourselves in terms of every Friday night in our diary, we have seven o'clock, bing, it reminds us, you know, date night. Now we don't always go out and do something. We don't always spend money or do something elaborate, but it's just a reminder that at the end of a busy week or whenever you want to plan yours, um, and again, talk about regular, you know, maybe once a week or maybe it's once a month or just at least doing something, 
um, where you can connect, unplug from the phone, uh, not look at the politics or whatever you know you're normally doing, just to spend time and not talking about challenges or issues, spending time with one another, having fun. So building that uh, that connection, the commitment, the relationship, the companionship, really, really important in this whole area of intimacy to be doing things like that regularly, just building into your relationship. Mm, because of course, if that foundation is set, then that paves the way for good sexual intimacy, doesn't it? Absolutely. If it's not there, it's not going to happen. No, no. no. And we think it will, you know. Uh, I think it's a natural thing for a lot of people. And that's what draws us together. Part of the reason for getting together with this other person is because, oh, here's someone that we can, you know, I'm attracted to, that I love, I'm looking forward to being intimate with. And we think it's just going to happen like... Mm falling off a log, but we realise that maybe in the first you know, uh, short time of our marriage that it is easy, but then children come along and challenges and, and pressure and, and stress or, or health challenges, all that sort of thing. And we realise, gosh, it's not as easy as we originally thought. And that's why a lot of couples are struggling in this area. But spending time, you know, helps and obviously conversation like we've been talking about. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, mm. that's good. That's mm. good. And so number four, maintaining physical affection, mm. not yep. necessarily sexual affection. That's mm. right. Yeah, because, I mean, this is one thing I tell the women um, at our weekend, Remember Getaway, one of the things I really encourage them to do is to keep their kissing alive. And Sounds I kind good. of Yeah, and, and I remind them that actually that was one of the first connectors you had physically with your um, husband, you know, you you were kissing one another, but often in marriage, it can be one of the first things that goes, mm. you know, so it just all too soon becomes that peck, hello and goodbye. You know, we don't have those passionate kisses, those moments that we used to. And I know that Andy used to love kissing <laughs> and it was a good reminder for me to keep that kissing alive. In fact, one of the things that he did, and I love, he was a very creative person and I love what he did here. One of the challenges that we had with this whole kissing area was because I'm five foot two and he's six foot two. So it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't a natural, you know, that, that height difference was a bit of a barrier. And so we, we talked about that and we found ways around it. And so he came home one night and he, had, he gave me, he'd had it made by a friend, a kissing stall. <laughs> and it was this little, um, probably gave me about a, an, an extra foot so that we were at the same time. <laughs> and I kept it at the front door. And so when Andy came home, we would stand on the kissing stall and we would have a good passionate embrace. And the kids even remember this vision of mum and dad on the, on this kissing sort. And I've still got it today. And so I guess it's one way of just reminding listeners. It, it's funny, <laughs> Nikki, I'm sorry, but I can't help as you share that. I know there's this story about the, the lady that talks about the seven second kiss mm. and how, you know, uh, when you, when you get home, the dog's excited to yeah, see yeah. you and, uh, you know, your, your wife is like, Hello. <laughs> but then, as you were sharing that story, I couldn't help but just imagine Nikki uh, as Andy is coming home, running to the chair, jumping on the chair. Hey, it didn't happen all the time. Okay? I'm just surprised you didn't make your backpack well, to carry it around with you wherever you went. You know? Well, we can, we can only imagine. No, but you know, one of the things that we did do was we had these little signals so that if we were ever on the stairs or if we were on an escalator, we would take that moment to turn around and have a good <laughs> pash because it was like, we're actually at the same height right now. So it's awesome. just finding fun ways to just mm. remind mm. yourself, you know, these physical things are important. Mm, yeah. And I used to say to Andy, okay, you love kissing. I just love a warm hug embrace. You know, I need more, I'm more hugs or, you know, just head massages for me. I just loved. In fact, he was amazing. He actually went and 
took a massage course so that he could learn to massage me really, really well. You know, that's that's someone putting himself out there. How's to... that for raising the bar, <laughs> <Your> gentlemen? <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Go and learn how to massage your wife. And one of the things I share with, with the men again at the, the conference, and one thing I've learned too, is that if we are wise as husbands, we'll figure out how to touch our wife's heart and mind before we touch her body Always. because, you know, sometimes we're, we're quick to go for the physical or the touch and, and this it's sort of like, um ping, you know, who is this masked man? We get flicked off. You haven't even had a conversation with mm. me for, you know, a, re- a, a, a meaningful conversation for the last few days and you're expecting to, you know, jump up and get it all on. But, yeah, it's not like that. We need to touch her mind and connect with her in that way. In fact, I've, I did some research I, this week preparing as we were thinking about talking about this topic today. Now, you've got to be careful when you go on the internet <laughs> yeah. because there's a lot of stuff on there and not all of it's desirable. But I found So what were you searching for, Steve? <laughs> oh, well, we're talking about ways to you know, increase intimacy in our marriage. Let me read through this list. I've just sort of written a whole lot of things down here. So here's ways to increase the intimacy in your marriage. Have a listen to these. It says sit down and talk for a while. Learn something together. Find a mutual hobby. Take a class to improve your marriage. There's a good one. Work through a couple's devotional Pray, be active in terms of do something sporty or, or play a game together. Uh, make a meal together, create a budget. I'm thinking, gosh, that's not very romantic, but hey, create a budget. Talk about money. Now, as I read through this list, and this is talking about increasing intimacy in your marriage, what's missing? Sex. Absolutely. It's not actually talking about being physical. That's how you get better at sex. I mean, it does talk about holding hands and hugging one another and sharing meaningful touch, but there's a whole lot of things that come before that, that if we haven't connected emotionally, if we haven't connected conversationally, then the physical part is not going to happen because, like you said before, one of the people is just not there. They're focused on something else. Well, it's funny because as I read that, I just have this image of a tree. And uh, if you think about a tree, an apple tree doesn't struggle to produce apples, Mm. right? It just happens. Naturally. Fruit happens when the tree is healthy, when the tree is being fed with water in this instance. Um, So, and I think uh, the picture that I get as you were sharing those was those are the things that nurture the relationship. Uh, Sex, physical intimacy, is actually the fruit of a healthy relationship. Mm. It shouldn't be difficult or it shouldn't be an issue if the relationship is nourished, if the tree is healthy, it's a natural outflow of what it does. An apple tree makes apples. It's good. Mm. It doesn't have to try. Mm. It just has to be in the right soil mm-hmm. and get the right nourishment. Mm. Yep, absolutely. Family Life have been inspiring and equipping marriages and families in New Zealand since 1990. As a charity, we don't make money from our events. We rely on the generosity of people who believe in our cause. Maybe you've experienced a family life event. Maybe it even changed your life. Or maybe you're listening to these podcasts and wondering, how can I be involved in helping family life reach homes and families in our beautiful country? You can do that by becoming a friend of family life. Friends of family life are a group of people who partner with us by donating $30 a month or more to enable us to continue impacting homes across Aotearoa. Join us. Because we believe when people develop effective relationship skills, their relationships flourish. Your help makes a difference. Check us out at familylife.nz donate. We'd love to hear from you. So number five, Nikki. So that's being proactive. Um, 
And, and, and I mean thereby being proactive in protecting your marriage. And one of the quotes that come to mind for me is from Song of Songs. And in there, he says, catch the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vineyards, for our vineyards are in blossom. Now, what's he talking about, those yeah. little foxes? <laughs> so what are the little foxes that we need to catch? And, I mean, I've thrown some of them together here, and you might have more of them, but those little foxes that threaten to um, get in the way of us enjoying romantic love or intimate times together. And for us, tiredness was a big one, you oh, know, especially big, yeah. with little kids. I was I was predominantly too tired a lot of the time. And so that was one little fox I had to catch. Here's, here's a little one on that topic because this is the best thing. It's changed my life. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I came up with this thing and this probably leads to number six about the being creative. But, um, you know, as a mom... Uh, looking after a baby, you are tired. Mm. And the last thing on your mind often is having sex with your husband. Mm. But usually uh, what I've found, and I've actually found this way of just, <laughs> sometimes I'll tell El Rey, well, just wait two minutes and you'll be into it. <laughs> <laughs> two minutes. Awesome. And, and, he's got a good recipe. I think. And, and, and then, I, then I realized, wow, actually, you know, she, and, and there's this whole thing about feelings. Sometimes we follow our feelings and we don't feel like it now. But sometimes we need to act like it for mm. two minutes mm. and then um, we will feel like it and it will be much more than two minutes. I was just going to say, Vayner, can I just coach you a little bit more than that, <laughs> a bit longer than two minutes, please? <laughs> but, the, but the two minutes came for me from, and there was this great film where this, this, this dad was sharing with his son who was interested in this girl. You only need seven seconds of courage to start, you know, to tell the girl what you feel about her. Those seven seconds leads to having that whole conversation. Those two minutes of saying, I might not feel like it right now, but hey, mm. I'll just go with it for two minutes. And actually, can I just say, as a woman, that's really important to know because you might not feel like it. But I found with Andy, I kind of would go in thinking, okay, I don't feel like it. But by the time 20 minutes or half an hour, I won't, you know, I'm definitely, and the, and the body craves more, you know, as yeah. you allow yourself to go with that. Hang on, you yeah. said two minutes, you said 20 yeah. minutes. I said 20, 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I'm just aware we, we don't want to give our listeners false expectations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. So the two minutes is two minutes to allow yourself to get into it yeah. in terms of you might not feel like it, but maybe. A mind just, shift, right? Just go with it and feelings so sometimes we follow our feelings but actually feelings often follow our mm, actions they, yeah, yeah so if our actions are how hey, i'm going to be physical mm. with my partner now for two minutes well you might find after two minutes hey i'm really into my partner and mm. uh, there's the next mm. 30 minutes or an hour gone <laughs> yeah so back to those little foxes mm. um so tiredness and that kind of related we talked about children as well um, one of our ones, and I'm sure lots of people can relate to this one, is Netflix. Mm. That was a big little fox. As mm. in, we found ourselves binge watching and all too soon it was easier to just blob in front of the TV and watch a series than it was to kind of prioritise our time together. So we had to have a conversation around that. So that for us was was one. So you mentioned it before, Vayner, with um, devices. We pretty much mm. all have one. And counsellors are saying, you know, that is one of the number one reasons people are struggling in relationships mm. seeking divorce now is because they feel their partner is more interested in what's going on yeah. online or checking their Facebook feed than they are in carving out time for their spouse. So this is a big thing we all have to be aware of because mm. it's so easy to it do. Is. And it just can naturally happen 
and, and take our attention away without us even realising it. Yeah, totally. Um, and for us, another big one was health issues. Mm. So, I mean, Andy struggled with health issues all of his life. And that meant for us, and I'm sure many of our listeners would notice this as well in their own lives, but um, it meant that certain seasons of our life, we weren't able to be intimate. But that Again, we had another conversation because while we couldn't be intimate in that way, we had to learn how to be intimate and meet one another's needs in other ways. So it's recognising that it's not always going to be able to be easy and at the forefront of your minds because there's other stuff that's going on in that season. But we still need to pursue one another and love one another and, um, yeah, sacrificially reach out and serve one another. So I'd just like to say something to our listeners who may be tuning in that you're in that season with the young family and you're probably feeling like, gosh, my wife used to have time for me and, you know, I used to be there and have her attention and stuff, but now it's it's all the kids. And, you know, it can get like that. I mean, we've probably all been there. It's a natural part of of, um, becoming parents and looking after kids and figuring out what they need. And they they do take a lot of attention. It takes a lot of effort to raise those things. And just when you think you figure them out, they change. Absolutely. (laughs) So if you're in that season, realize that it doesn't go on forever. A lot of couples think, oh, we've, we've lost the spark. This intimate part of our relationship is not happening now because of the kids. And so it's easy to walk out and think, okay, I'll find someone else who does create that spark again. The spark is still there. It's just that it's hidden. <laughs> and so it's, again, to continue pursuing one another, continue, um, uh, you know, dating one another. And we haven't mentioned a book for a while. so um, <laughs> Steve's um, coming up with another, another one. Book. <laughs> a that whole was really 10 minutes we us. haven't mentioned the book. <laughs> and I know Andy and Nikki, you guys read this one too. Um, it's Shanti Feldhahn's book. Uh, she talks about in this whole area of intimacy, when we come together, particularly women, they have all these boxes, all these little pop-up things. Like a, when you're mm. on your computer, you have all these pop-up boxes. And so our role as a husband, and this has been helpful for me, is to help her close down all those boxes. Because she may be thinking of 12 things that have happened in the last day or two or things that she's concerned about. So it's helping. I've realised the importance of me talking through each of those things, helping her to close those boxes. In fact, we had a conversation just recently in the last several weeks where she was saying, oh, look, I've just got all these boxes open. And so I replied back and said, oh, I think I'm going to hop in one of those boxes. <laughs> but just understanding that, you know, that, yeah, if we do have other things on our mind, it works both ways. It does take maybe a conversation. Oh, let me help you talk that through and think that through. And then, you know, maybe we're going to be in an area, a time and an area where we're more interested in connecting intimately. Yep. Yep. It's about being proactive there, like you, like you said, number five. And then number six, to be creative. Yeah, and I think this one's important. It's not to let the marriage bed become boring. I mean, because, you know, routine is helpful in running a household, but um, not necessarily in the bedroom. And I know for me, and I'm sure I'm not alone here, that um, as a woman, I like to be wooed. I like to be pursued. I like to have some adventure and intrigue. And so... um, we were good at trying to be creative in these ways and it just mm-hmm. kept this this the spark and the magic alive in this area. You mean you actually have to work at it? <laughs> <laughs> right? So, yeah. um, you know, be, be expressive, be creative. I mean, in that book I talked about intimate issues and Andy and I have done this. She talks about even making your bedroom a, a beach setting. And so we did, you know, not that we shipped in sand or stuff like that, but we had <laughs> towels and, and you know, massage lotion and stuff and just being fun. Finding, I remember once coming home from work 
and um, sorry, it wasn't work. It was actually a, a tough netball game. And Andy, I'd come in and Andy had run me a bubble bath. He'd got me some chocolate by the bath. He'd got me a glass of wine. And he was just like, just go and relax. And that was just so thoughtful. And it kind of prepared me in, in for what would probably follow on later on. It got me in the mood. Um, so I just want to encourage listeners, I guess, to be a bit more creative in that way. And ladies, if your husband does that for you, don't pick up the phone after you get out of the box. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and the other thing that can be quite threatening for couples too is how they initiate. And and you can be creative in this as well. Um, one of the things that we did, and, and we got this idea from Dennis Rainey years ago, and it worked a treat for us. <laughs> We'd have two little candles by our bed. And if one of us was interested, then we would light the candle and then that would signify, you know, oh, I'm kind of feeling interested tonight. And, and if the other person wanted to respond, then they would go and light their candle. And that signified, yep, we're all in for a, an intimate night together. But Andy used to say he would light the candle a whole lot more many times than I would. And uh, <laughs> I, I would blow his candle out probably too many times. <laughs> but we had fun around that Or he'd idea. light his candle in the morning. Yeah, he used to say that, didn't he? <laughs> But, you know, it's just finding fun, creative ways to just say, you know, I, I want to be with you. Yeah. We've, we've done that too. And and the other way, and I know, Nikki, you did have done this too, is, is three of anything means I love mm. you. So three squeezes of the hand or three pats on the leg, three honks of the horn as you're leaving for work. Um, just a way of reminding each other it's non-physical. It's a, just remaining that connection, mm. saying, hey, I'm thinking of you, I love you. And we have a competition actually to be the first person every morning, done it for years, to be the first person to say I love you. Um, and it's just a neat way of starting the day, connecting in that way. Okay. Mm. Does that mm. come before the competition of saying you're sorry? Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry I uh, love yeah. you. <laughs> you yeah. that the right way around? That's another competition we have as well. But yeah, yeah. you've got to come to a weekend remember. We'll share that one. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, I mean, if for our listeners today, I hope our conversation has been encouraging. Uh, we want to encourage you to talk about it, you know, talk about what's happening for the two of you in this area. Uh, if if you're not used to talking about it, then, you know, may I suggest maybe seeing a professional, someone that's, mm. uh, you know, a third party that has facilitated these discussions just to, to ease you into actually bringing up this, uh, what may be for some a difficult topic to talk about. But I guess if, if there's one thing that, that you can, take away from today's discussion is just take the pressure off. Mm. Like this this mm. is supposed to be a fun outflow of our connection. Yeah, I was going to say that, Vane, and in parting words is to take the pressure off and allow yourselves the space and the grace to develop this over time. You've got a lifetime to grow in this area. Mm. Um, and I want to encourage listeners to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any closing thoughts from you, Steve? Uh, oh, I agree with that, Nikki. I wouldn't trade where we are now from no. where we started. I mean, we've learned a lot over a number of years. But I think the important thing and as we talk about this area of marriage is to realise that sex and marriage isn't everything. You know, if we just hinge our relationship on that, then we're going to be pretty shallow. It's not everything. But then also in saying that, it's not nothing. Yep. It is a big part of our relationship. It is a, a, a thing that can cause us a lot of challenges and a lot of struggles as it does with many couples I know. Um, so it is good to realise that, yeah, it's an important part. We need to talk about this if we, if we are struggling. Let's give ourselves the grace, as Nikki said, 
to um, look at some ways of how we can improve that to yep. build our relationship. In and our... I want to tell young couples too, it gets better over time. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, <laughs> as, home run first oh, off. Yeah, yeah, as you were saying, Steve, about getting better, uh, Alra and I had this discussion the other day about how difficult would it be for people that are, you know, not in a committed relationship? Mm. Because, I mean, if we had to compare our sex life today, being mm. married for a number of years, compared to when we first started, it's a complete different situation. And we, over time, got to know what works for the other person. Mm. It gets better. Mm. Mm. It, it does. really does get better over time. If you yeah, work at it. Absolutely. If you pursue your partner and if you pursue sex as an opportunity to serve and to please the other person. Mm. And of commitment, as you mentioned, is part of that because that brings safety. Yeah. Now, Leanne knows I'm not going anywhere. I'm not looking at anybody else, there's that safety, there's that trust, there's that commitment that's built into the relationship that really helps. Well, as we wrap up today's session, I hope that you go away and feel encouraged that uh, you too can have not only a flourishing emotional relationship, but also in the physical area. Check us out online for our resources, some of the books we mentioned today. And uh, don't forget, as always, we'll be back again sharing another episode. That concludes our two-part discussion on sex in marriage. Six ways to improve your sex life. If you missed part one, you could always go back and listen to it wherever you're listening to this podcast. You've been listening to the Family Life New Zealand podcast, where we believe that when people develop their relationship skills, their relationships flourish. If you found this conversation useful and want to help us reach more families, simply rate it, review it, and share it. We'll see you next time.